The Las Vegas Raiders have partnered with the global lifestyle app TrueConnect to give the gift of wellness. Transform your mind, body, and soul through thousands of hours of premium fitness content, guided meditations, progress tracking, and more. Visit tcfree.fit to redeem one free year of TrueConnect exclusively for Raider Nation. You're listening to the Raiders Podcast Network, your official home for all things silver and black. The Raiders are fresh off a mini-buy, getting ready for a Christmas morning matchup with the Chiefs. The biggest question after that 63-point historic win over the Chargers is can they look that convincing against a good team? The Chargers were on their last leg, one beatdown away from an entire regime change. The Raiders obliged. But the Chiefs are different, coming in as the number three seed in the AFC. The Raiders are the 12th seed, so the playoffs, they're a long shot. And if we're being real, the biggest storyline over these last three games is Aiden O'Connell. Can he not just be good or efficient, but consistently great? All winning organizations have a long-term answer at quarterback. Do the Raiders? Well, we don't know. In two of O'Connell's last three games, his passer rating's been over 110. That's elite. But the bad games have been bad, and it'll be up to the even-killed rookie to put three convincing performances on film. If he does, the Raiders just might check quarterback off their Christmas list. And the audition continues this Sunday. It's the second time O'Connell's going to face the Chiefs, who, by the way, will win the division if they beat the Raiders. To talk about it, we say hello to NFL Media's James Palmer, a good friend of mine. And, hey, Palmer, happy holidays to you. Happy holidays, Amber. I'm listening to this guest list on this show. I don't know how I'm on this show. I mean, Rich Gannon, <laughs> Max Crosby, the Condor. You, I, I am, I am gonna just pull up the caboose on this one. Oh no, come on. Yeah, you're, you're our first guest. You're the headliner. So let's start uh, oh, with. Wow. Let's start opening with Aiden O'Connor opening yeah. act. Well, well, either way, yeah. we'll make you feel good. Don't worry. He's Aiden O'Connell's kind of gone through both extremes since that one-on-one passer rating against the Chiefs. He had zero points against the Vikings and six. 63 points against the Chargers. How do you think Steve Spagnolo is going to attack this rookie? From the secondary. I'm going to tell you right now. That, that's been the bread and butter, Amber, of Steve Spagnolo this season. He has tremendous blitzers from the secondary. We know he loves to bring pressure. We know his calling card is that he's been so good at finding the right time to bring that pressure. But guys like Trent McDuffie and Legereus Sneed and, and guys in that secondary, they come – and they come at certain points of the game that make game-changing plays. And that's what they're going to try to do. Obviously, we know Chris Jones is a dominant force up front. They've really had a good uh, plan of late, putting him and Charles Amenehu on the same side, making things difficult on, on defensive line, on offensive lines up front, and George Karloftis on the other side. But it really is this secondary that kind of throws quarterbacks like Aiden O'Connell that don't have a ton of experience that's where he likes to go after them and throw them for a loop when he brings these guys that are so patient and they disguise it so well with their safeties. That's what Aiden O'Connell is going to have to do. Try to find a tell within the safeties, whether these corners are coming or not, and then dissect it pre-snap and be able to go somewhere else with the football. I think we're going to see a little uh, man coverage, Devontae Adams, Jerry Sneed. We're going to see it. We're going to see oh. it. I, they don't play a whole lot of man, but what they do is have Legereus need travel with number one wide receivers. They didn't really, and I did this game at Arrowhead a couple of weeks ago, they barely double teamed Stephon Diggs. They literally just told Legereus need, you take care of Diggs, we'll take care of everything else. And, and that could be 
the route that they go. Legereus Sneed might be one of the best cornerbacks in football that nobody talks about. Um, we all know the other group at the top. We hear their names repeatedly. We don't really ever hear Legereus Sneed's name in there, and they have tremendous confidence in him following around the number one. Did it with Diggs. I, I could see him doing it in this game as well. Oh, that's a Christmas gift just to watch that matchup. Um, the Raiders' offense right? really showed another dimension, granted against a beatdown Chargers defense. But after those two Trey Tucker touchdowns last week, do you think defensive coordinators have to respect O'Connell's deep ball capability and the speed that a guy like Tucker has? You have to. And you know why? Because of the way the game's going this season. Like, explosive plays are down across the league. And it's the way these teams are playing deep. They're playing these, you know, Vic Fangio has ruined the NFL and some people around the NFL's mind, right? It's what death by a thousand paper cuts are the way defenses are playing. They don't want to give up explosive plays. So I think when you can put it on film, and I know Spags has shown his group this, that you can't let anything get beat over your head. It's what the Chiefs were dominant in for several years, and it allowed their offense to operate the way it did because you always have a fear of explosive plays. When you have that out there, you have the ability to open up your offense and find holes in other spots as long as the team fears it. There's a lot of teams that aren't going downfield this season. It's just something that's been very difficult to do. When you can do it, it opens up everything else because you have to have the concern of your safeties having that concern of speed. And if anybody understands what speed does to an offense and a bind it puts a defense in, I think Steve Spagnuolo <laughs> understands that when he had to deal with Tyreek Hill and watch how teams tried to handle him for a number of years in Kansas City. Yeah, he remembers that. Uh, Josh Jacobs, though, I mean, that's the bread and butter of the Raiders' offense. He's the only running back to rush for over 100 yards against the Chiefs this season. The Chiefs' rush defense yeah. has been good. Antonio Pierce, he's pretty optimistic that we're going to see Josh out there. Who has the edge in, in the ground game in that battle? Oh, man, I, it, he he is such a good back, and, and you want him as healthy as possible. When you're talking about matchups, you want to go out and see, right? You want to see that one on the outside or whether it moves around uh, between receiver and corner. You also want to see Josh Jacobs healthy. And, and I do think the difference maker for the, for the Chiefs is Nick Bolton in the middle of the field. He's one of the better linebackers in football against the run, getting sideline to sideline his speed. He's kind of the leader of that group. If they can close up the run early, and that's kind of been their their – I don't want to say their calling card, but it's been their game plan uh, essentially in a lot of these games early because this offense has been putting them in holes early. The offense has actually been putting this team in holes early. Like if before that game against New England that I was at, like they, they were getting down 14 nothing, 14 3, 14 nothing. They can getting themselves in holes early on. And then teams have the ability to focus on the run more because the Chiefs are trying to play from behind. So that's one of the things I know Kansas City wants to do is make sure they stop the run early in this game specifically so they don't get behind early and let a team focus on the run. You're right. They got behind in the Raiders early in that first matchup, but then mm -hmm. came back. Yeah, that the, was 14 nothing. That's yeah. right. 14 nothing lead. Uh, the offense is definitely the Achilles heel, and I thought we'd never say that about the Chiefs, but Patrick Mahomes has yeah. thrown four. I say that about a first-place team, so i got to be fair, but Patrick Mahomes has thrown four yeah. interceptions in his last three games. But much of that, if you're watching the games, is on the receivers. Is there a lack of trust right now, especially with a lack of a reliable third receiver, it feels like, for Patrick Mahomes? Yeah. That, that, that's the biggest thing ever. Like, I, I don't know if this is like displayed well in my here little home studio, but what you see from Patrick Mahomes right now is like, it's, and he's like, Ugh, I, I don't, that's a trust thing, right? When he pulls it back down and he hesitates in a sense, that's a trust factor. And I know that he's been dealing with that for a good portion of the season. It was really Travis Kelsey 
Justin Watson and really maybe Noah Gray, the other tight end, were the guys that he really trusted. Rasheed Rice has become that other player that he does trust. Keep an eye on Kadarius Tony's snaps going down in this game. Um, that's no shocker to anyone. I don't think I'm breaking any news. But what they've really looked for specifically is what Juju Smith-Schuster did a season ago, which was be that player that takes advantage of the attention Travis Kelsey gets and finding a way to make some yards after the catch and make some plays on your own. Rasheed Rice, the rookie, is really the one that stepped into that. He's led this team in targets, I think, each of the last four games. He's really been the go-to guy most recently and the guy that the trust that you mentioned has finally started to build with somebody else. Because I, I'll be honest, teams have been done doing a really good job on Travis Kelsey of late. Um, the amount of tension he's getting is, is the same, but it, it's still teams are executing a little bit better, mainly because they don't have to worry about explosive plays over their head which is something that you can just focus more on Travis Kelsey if you don't have to worry about getting beat over the top as much. And they haven't had a guy to step into that spot that I mentioned. It's Rasheed Rice is the guy who's stepping in there. A third option, I don't know, that's probably out of the backfield. Jet McKinnon of late, remember last year down the stretch, he was really a, a screen guy, a, a third option for Patrick Mahomes and, and when things broke down. That could be the one that's emerged of late. They slow played him for a large part of this season, being a running back at his age with the knee issues he's had. He's kind of come on recently. I, I just think they're happy to get a second uh, option. <laughs> yeah, and Rasheed Rice, Third as you right said. now with the way Patrick Mahomes is feeling, might be greedy for his sense. Yeah, well, he does have Rasheed Rice, as you said. He's, he's really emerged. But going back to Travis Kelsey, and I don't want to hear Taylor Swift conspiracy theories. Why... Okay. Aren't we seeing Travis Kelsey be Travis Kelsey this year? This might just be your own opinion. Yeah, there's a few things that play into this, honestly. There was always the thought that this offense was going to change its identity this season. And that's the one thing that they were kind of seeking and trying to figure out. You know what a big part of it is? Running the football. It's Isaiah Pacheco who comes back for this game. He's expected to be back from this game. He had a minor shoulder cleanup and he missed two weeks. But running the football more and more consistently, um, I'm not saying Travis is a bad blocker, but he's not really its forte. Um, and so when you run the football a little bit more, uh, the passing game isn't leaned on as much. And the part that I mentioned, the lack of explosive plays. Like Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey playing off of one another is a big part of the reason why the both of them found space. MVS going downfield isn't really a threat to defenses right now. Like Patrick is not taking the top off the off the defense at all. So defenses are, are going even further closer to Travis Kelsey because they know they don't have to worry about anything over the top. And there is, a, I don't want to say this about maybe arguably the greatest tight end of all time, but there's some buzz around the league that like Travis has maybe lost a little bit of a step. I mean, he is getting up there uh, in age uh, and he is unbelievably durable throughout his career. The other side of that is Amber, right? Like, He's played a boatload. Like, he's never really missed time. So there is a little bit of a thought of, like, teams have kind of figured some things out, and Travis isn't moving as well as they've seen him uh, in years past. Well, okay, I'm glad you didn't mention Taylor Swift. I was I was just ready to hear that thrown I wasn't going to go there. I wasn't yeah, going to go there. You weren't going to go there. Okay. Um, the Raiders oh, Although I spotted her at the game. <laughs> you do, yeah, yeah, you, you would be one of those people that would run up and, Taylor, Tay-Tay. Well, uh, no, I was doing this. I was in the tunnel, like, like I this. I was in the tunnel, and there's the Bills and Josh Allen, and I got my phone out, and I'm like, oh, I'm right in the tunnel. There's Josh Allen. And then I just turned this way, and then Taylor Swift walks right by me. You were cool? Into the tunnel. You and stayed like, cool? The Bills, the Bills don't even notice. The Bills don't even care. Like, they're just like, <laughs> and I hear one guy in the offensive huddle go, 
Was that Taylor Swift? <laughs> that <laughs> like was it. Right next to their huddle. <laughs> that was it. Walking um, to her seat. Yeah. The Raiders' that defense. Was unintentional. Yeah. All right. Well, glad you got it on camera. The Raiders' defense doesn't give up a lot of points. Uh, they can force multiple turnovers in a game. They've proven that. Is there a buzz in the Chiefs' locker room that you know gives that unit some respect? Oh, big time. Big time. And it's mainly because the Chiefs have had these issues. Turnovers and turnovers in costly points of games and specifically their issues in the red zone. And when you play the way the Raiders have played in terms of taking the football away, there's almost that little bit of edge with the Chiefs where it's like, you know, you saw the one in the, in the, in the flip out from Patrick Mahomes that went off Kadarius Tony's hands. Remember, they had more turnovers in that game. Uh, against the Patriots than actually occurred because I believe one was called back, possibly two. And so they have a little bit of that sense in them, Kansas City, that we need to protect the football and we're not doing it. And when you kind of have that, everybody plays a little bit tighter. That's kind of one of the concerns when I talk to people in Kansas City is that we can't let guys play tight. And, and that's what's happening when some of these turnovers are, are, are occurring. Like Amber, you said it best. It's not like Mahomes is throwing these terribly ill-advised footballs. It's that balls are going off guys' hands. The offense isn't completely in sync, and guys aren't exactly where Patrick thinks they're going to be. That's where the turnovers happen. And then when we mentioned the slow starts, getting behind, then you play tighter later in the game. A lot of times that's when some of these turnovers happen, and a lot of their issues have happened down in the red zone. And I do think when everything is tighter down there and you don't have as much room to work, when you have a team that is able to turn the football over, you, you have cause for concern. There is definitely going to be respect uh, for this Raiders defense. All right, James. Well, uh, look forward to uh, hopefully, I don't know if this is your assignment this week, but seeing you out there at least or seeing you here in Vegas for the Super Bowl. And I still am going to get the story from Rich Gannon, who's coming up after you, about yeah. how a kid from Philadelphia, and I know he's from Philadelphia, ended up with this a bubble yeah. hockey or a bumper car game that was Bumper Rich's. pool table. You can bumper yeah, pool bumper table. Pool table. It's going to be my first question to Rich table. Gannon. I'm yeah. sure he really remembers you. He James. Have no idea how I acquired it. <laughs> James Palmer. Happy holidays to you and the family. Thanks for coming on the Silver and Black you Show. You too, Amber. Welcome back. When the Raiders face the Chiefs on Christmas Day in Kansas City, the challenge will be keeping up the momentum they set on Thursday night football against the Chargers 11 days prior. To talk about it, we bring in former NFL MVP Rich Gannon. Rich, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to you, Shelly, and, and the girls who I imagine are making their way back home. Yeah, Amber, we're looking forward, obviously, to the game this weekend, of course, Christmas, and and a, a nice, uh, exciting finish to what I think is going to be a, a great uh, regular season. You know, you look at a number of teams that are seven and seven. We have teams that are six and eight still battling for uh, an opportunity to make the postseason. I think it's important to go into the postseason with some confidence and momentum. And there are a number of teams out there, including the Chiefs, that aren't exactly on a roll right now. Yeah, and the Raiders are one of those teams that, that could end the season uh, with nine wins if everything goes right. I said, though, Rich, earlier in the show uh, that every winning organization has a long-term answer at quarterback. We're going to see Aiden O'Connell in his eighth start. Do you think he could be a, the long-term answer based on what you've seen? Amber, I think there are encouraging signs. Let me just throw out some numbers that I think are relevant. In the last three years alone, we have fired 22 head coaches. We have 20 new offensive coordinators this year. We had 10 rookie quarterbacks start games. We've had close to 60 different starting quarterbacks start a game. There is so much turnover in our profession. And the reason there is so much turnover 
Owners are firing head coaches because they don't have quarterbacks. Bill Belichick could be out this year in New England. Why? Because the quarterback room isn't right. And that is a, a big story, the lack of development at that position. I am excited and encouraged by Aiden O'Connell. As you know, I did all the preseason games. I think there's a lot of the qualities and intangibles that you look for in the quarterback position that he has. I think he's accurate. I think he's got good footwork when the protection's been good. Uh, I think he's a guy that, that, that shows great poise. I think he's a, a quarterback that when he makes a mistake, he's able to quickly turn the page and come back. I think you have to, I think so much of what happens at the quarterback position is impacted by what's going on around him. I mean, you think about the changes, obviously the head coach, the coordinator change, that has an impact on a young developing player. Injuries along the offensive line, their inability to run the ball as effectively as they did last year with Josh Jacobs. I mean, there are a number of reasons why maybe his numbers uh, aren't as exciting and eye-popping as you'd hope, but I think the guy has been pretty steady, and I think there's some real upside when you look at Aiden O'Connell. You know, and I want to be fair, Rich, you know you were a late bloomer. You can't really definitively judge a rookie quarterback after just this small sample size, so I do want to be fair to him. But uh, just overall, as you look at this Raiders team, what has surprised you the most, whether it's good or bad, from this Raiders team in 2023? You know, I think I'm just disappointed once again with the lack of consistency. And that's really what it's about. I mean, you know, there's moments where you see them play so well, what they did to the Chargers the last time out. I mean, they, they gave them a, a major beatdown. And, and yet, you know, they lose to teams where you think they've got a chance to win the second half against the Miami Dolphins. They played really well, and then they come out in the second half, Aiden throws three interceptions, and they just really struggle. I think their performance away from Las Vegas has me concerned. They're one in five on the road. They've not been a very competitive team on the road. Uh, I think they're, uh, as we've talked about in the past, they're, I think right now they're currently a a minus five in the turnover ratio. So they're they're giving the ball away and they're not taking it away as much defensively. And I just think when I look at the, the overall team, there are a handful of players that really get my attention. Obviously, Max Crosby is one of them. And I just had an exchange with him the other day and I said, if everybody played with your same energy, your same passion, your same toughness, your same, same leadership, the Raiders would never lose a game. So we have to find ways to get more players that are engaged, that are committed like Max Crosby. And I think, to me, that's the biggest challenge that the organization has moving forward. Let's get the right players in the building that love the work, that love the grind, that love the preparation, that take a great deal of pride in going out and playing their best football each and every week. I'll tell you, one of those players that I think the Raiders really did hit on was the rookie, Michael Mayer, the, the tight end, in my opinion. And as a quarterback, how can Aiden O'Connell and Bo Hardegree over these next three games put Michael Mayer in a position to succeed? Because I feel like we're seeing little glimpses that we're getting excited about. We want to see more. Yeah, and I don't want to compare Michael Mayer to who you're going to see on Sunday, Travis Kelsey. I think they're different players. But I think the Chiefs do a great job of moving Travis Kelsey around. You see him as an inline player. You see him in the slot. You see him outside the numbers. I think as Michael Mayer's game continues to evolve and develop, I think we're going to see the Raiders move around more, create more mismatches, more opportunities against linebackers in space, have him be able to really win in the middle of the field. Great tight ends have the ability to win in the middle of the field on third down, down in the red zone. And uh, I think I think his game's going to continue to evolve. 
where we see him more, not necessarily as an inline tight end, but a guy that we can line up in the slot, we can line up outside the numbers, and we can motion around. So, I, again, another young player that I'm really excited about when you look at this Raiders offense. Nobody's going to change their entire offensive philosophy based on one 63-point game where the Chargers basically rolled over and played dead before their coach got fired. But with Josh Jacobs out and without that, I don't want to say pressure, but kind of that identity they usually have of feeding number eight the ball 20-plus times, Hardigree went to a more pass-first offense at times using the speed to stretch the field and using Aiden O'Connell's deep ball ability. What can we take away from that to maybe mesh with the identity they have as a run-first team? Well, listen, I think it'd be a huge mistake when you look at the matchup this weekend against the Chiefs to get away from that identity, that toughness. I think when the Raiders have played their best football, it's when they've had the ability to kind of instill their will if you and, and just run the football. And I think off of that comes the big plays off of play action. But I think when you look at the Chiefs, you better be able to run the football against this group. I think the other key is going to be to anticipate, recognize, and, and, and handle the pressure packages that you're going to see from Steve Spagnola. And I think finally for Aiden O'Connell, I think situationally they're going to be good on third down. Uh, an area where the Raiders haven't been great. I think currently right now they're 25th. They're converting about 35%. And they've got to be able to finish drives in the red zone. You know, when you go up against a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, Amber, every possession matters. You've got to think to yourself, we've got to come away with points every time we ha have the football. And if we kick the ball, it's got to, you know, we got to, you know, advance. The, we have kick kick for extra points, a kick for field goals and plunk them deep down into their territory. That's got to be the mindset, I think, when you go up against a offense like the Chiefs have, even though they're not firing on all cylinders. But I, I still believe, to get back to your question, you know, they have to be able to be, come out and be physical with this Chiefs front seven. I think it starts with running the football. You have played in uh, AFC West rivalries. Uh, you played at Arrowhead. Where does it compare as far as playing a division leader in December I mean, that play, I've covered a lot of games there. Arrowhead is a fun place to be. It is. And I, I just think that, you know, this game matters. You know, I, I think it's so important for the Raiders when you look at what lies ahead. They've got an opportunity to knock off the Chiefs this weekend. That would be a big accomplishment and a feather in the cap of the Chiefs. And then they've got the Colts and the Broncos. If somehow they could win three games and get to nine and eight, they go into the offseason with a lot of confidence and momentum. And I would just... I would make the point, my first season with the Raiders, you know, we did the same thing. We finished the season strong. We went into the offseason. We came back the following year. We went 12 and 4, won the division, went to the AFC Championship game. I think these next three games matter. And when you look at the Chiefs, if they're able to win the game, that would be their eighth straight division title. And I just think that the Raiders have to keep that in the back of the mind. This is an opportunity to get after a team that has had their number over the last eight seasons. Going up against the Chiefs, do you think that the Raiders need to be very careful not to play into what I think is a false narrative, that Patrick Mahomes is having a down year? I mean, we, we talked to James Palmer earlier in the show about those recent interceptions. A lot of those were on the receivers. I mean, do you have to go in there really believing that you're playing a, a playoff caliber Patrick Mahomes? I think you do. I think you have to take into consideration that you know he's one of the elite quarterbacks in our profession. The numbers certainly are off 
compared to what we normally see from him. I think he's throwing 25 touchdowns. He's got the 13 interceptions. I think one of the reasons they've struggled is the perimeter. They're, 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 the wide receiver group has let them down. There's, I think they'll leave the National Football League in drops. Even Travis Kelsey's production, Amber, here the last you know six or seven weeks. I don't see the explosiveness. I don't see the change of direction. I don't see him creating a lot of separation. So I think that could be, I don't want to say a favorable matchup, but I think the Raiders can 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 do some things uh structurally to limit his his volume and his opportunities. But I just think that you got to respect Patrick Mahomes and his ability to create and manufacture offense when things break down around him. But they got some injuries. Left tackle's banged up. The right tackle has struggled all season long. I think there's some favorable matchups, and there's a good opportunity for the Chiefs to get after Patrick Mahomes this weekend. You mentioned Steve Spagnuolo, great defensive coordinator. What advice do you give to AOC if he is going to be able to win this game, especially with that secondary? We've talked a lot about that on the show. Uh, what does he need to do to go up against Steve Spagnuolo? It is a good secondary. You know, Steve McDuffie are good corners. They have good safety play. We all know about Chris Jones, but I've got great respect for Steve Spagnola, and I think he does a great job, you know, changing up the looks, mixing in pressures. And as I said for Aiden O'Connell, the key is going to be to anticipate when the, where they're going to show up, recognize it, and have a plan. Have tools in your toolbox to handle the pressure, not just to get rid of it, but to change the protection, block them off, and take a shot down the field. Make Steve Spagnola pay for bringing pressure. And I think that's the next step in Aiden O'Connell's growth and development as a young quarterback. Not to just to sit back there and be a punching bag for Steve Spagnola, but to, to get, you know, there's two types of quarterbacks, Amber, I always say, those that feel pressure and those that apply pressure. And Aiden O'Connell needs to apply pressure against Steve Spagnola in this chief secondary. It starts with anticipating where the pressure is going to show up, recognize it, and having a plan and communicating that plan to the other 10 players. That's going to be important. As I, as I said to you, third down is a big down versus the Chiefs, and that's where a lot of these pressures are going to show up. Well, Rich Gannon, you certainly were the latter, one that applies pressure. But also, I bet you didn't know you were quite generous. As I said, NFL media's James Palmer was on the show before you. He was just a sportscaster's kid growing up in Philadelphia. Somehow, he ended up with Rich Gannon's bumper pool, which I didn't even know what toy that was. But did you have a bumper pool that somehow ended up? Did you even know this story? I promised James Palmer I would ask you I about did. it. It ended up with I our did. first I guest on the show. I did have a bumper pool. I don't know what happened to it. Maybe my parents put it in the garage sale without letting me know, but I wouldn't mind getting it back. Well, I'm going to tell James Palmer to give Rich Gannon his bumper pool back, but we're going back to the early 80s with that one. So, uh, Rich, thanks so much for joining the show. Happy holidays to you and your family. Amber, you're the best. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Raiders Podcast Network. For all things silver and black, download the Raiders app and visit Raiders.com.